Hello and welcome to the Elamosidarian Moment. My name is Aaron Spears and I am solo today. My co-host is getting married and I was going to try to find a replacement, a stand-in. Nobody could ever replace Bradley, but uh, I had no takers. So I decided I would record one on my own not do too long and just kind of go through some headlines and you know, whatever comes up in my feed is what I'll, what I'll talk about. Um, so the first thing here is probably the biggest one. And this is one that I haven't actually spoken to Bradley about yet, but there is this thing that happened in Florida where the legislature passed a law and the law is written in such a way that There are no age restrictions on the requirement in which uh, things of a, let's say, inappropriate nature cannot be discussed with children, although the age limitations are, it's not there. There's not actually like a, like it doesn't stop at 18 or 17. It just says like age appropriate as the word, which is a very vague term. but it was uh, a, a, a way to stop K through third grade from learning about things like gender identity, sexual orientation, and um, it's a very complicated law that got even more messy as the weeks went on because First of all, the Florida legislature is the one that passed the law, right? So they're, they're, they are elected by their constituents to do something like this. And this is what they believe their constituents want. Okay. So they pass this law and then they send it to the governor. Well, the governor signs it. Okay. Ron DeSantis is one of the big players in politics right now because he is a kind of person who won't back down and won't capitulate in these little culture wars that spring up uh and they have gotten more of them and more heated since COVID happened um and he 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 just he passes it right So that's that. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the media said, look, we have the largest employer in Florida, Disney, and they aren't saying a word about it. And we, we, they, they, they say a word about it. We got to talk about it. Um, So there is a very vocal minority of people who got, Bob Chapik, including the ex-CEO, by the way, who is actually kind of a prick, but um, there was a lot of pressure put on Bob Chapik, the CEO of Disney, to come out against that bill. Um, I don't want to call it what everybody else calls it because it's literally not true, Um, but the quote-unquote don't say gay bill is uh, what I'm referring to. Um, I think it's not, first of all, the word gay doesn't even appear in the law. So 
Um, that right there tells you that it's not, it's being misunderstood and misconstrued. But uh, suddenly Disney found themselves in the middle of something that they didn't want to be in the middle of. Now that's fine. If Disney thinks that they, if I was running Disney, I would not have said a, a word. I would have, I would have said, look, there's these, these people are pushing for me to say something or advocate against something. I, I don't want to get involved in politics. You know, let's just leave it be. But in 2022, you're not allowed to just step back and um, let things happen. You know, Disney as a corporation doesn't represent the people, the constituents of Florida. They have people they elect to do that to their Congress, you know? So it doesn't matter one way or the other, but we have like a national nationalized uh, uh, politics now that means that if you live in California and you're a wealthy Democrat, then you pump all your money into congressional races in Georgia and Florida and Texas. Um, Beto O'Rourke is a perfect example. He got so much money to run for governor last cycle. Uh, he ended up losing, of course, to Greg Abbott, but um, he got a lot of money from out of state. And uh, it goes both ways. Um, there are candidates that will donate money to races uh, from red states to into blue or purple congressional districts. So um, Disney was put in a position where they came out on a side of, of on the side of this issue. And I don't think they wanted to. Um, and Ron DeSantis overplayed his hand. In my opinion, he rather than just ignore the fact that Disney took a stand against the bill, which they have no control over. They, they could they could complain about it, but they can't overturn it. It's law. Uh, he decided that he was going to take away their self-governing um, operation in Florida. Uh, now, Disneyland isn't the only company that has this, uh, this ability to self-govern. Uh, lots of organizations, probably over a thousand, I have been told or heard, um, have this. So like Daytona Speedway has something like this. Um, if you were operating a theme park, you wouldn't want to get a permit for a roller coaster from the state of Florida or the county because it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's something, it's not a, a house or a gas station. It's something completely different. And so when Walt Disney made this deal when he bought all this land in Florida, it was basically he wanted to find something on the East Coast that was affordable. And he wanted a park that was on the East Coast because he wanted to have Disneyland in the West and Disney World in the East. Um, and so Disney got this great deal where they could basically govern themselves. Um, and that's probably why... Uh, Disneyland has Disney World has nice roads because the government, the local governments aren't aren't involved. It's it's the corporation that runs it. Um, so Ron DeSantis overplays his hand here, and he takes away that that uh, ability, and in doing so, he's saying, "Look, 
if you're a media company that operates a theme park in Florida, you no longer have this status. And that is an intellectually inconsistent message because it's basically saying if you're Disney or Universal Studios, uh, you have you have lost the 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 right to do something that other businesses do have. Um, and by the way, Disney is allowed to come out against that bill. I'm not saying the bill is good or bad. I'm just saying that um, he has the right to pass the bill and they have the right to say they don't like it. So now we're at this point where, you know, Disney is being hammered by a constituency, a very small one. And, you know, they're saying crazy things like, oh, move to move to Georgia. Why don't you move to Delaware? Why don't you move to, I don't know, people pick Georgia for some reason, but um, it's never going to happen. You can't just move 25,000 square whatever's, I, I, I don't know how big Disney World is, but you, you can't just like move that park. It's never going to happen. First of all, it would take 30 years. Second of all, if you did move it to a different state, you wouldn't have the same regulatory restrictions. Uh, it might be more stringent, actually. You might get less done. So... Yeah, it was just a complete failure by all parties involved. I think that um, I think Disney should have just never even brought it up. It should have just if they would have just stayed out of it, it would have been fine. But uh, it came on the heels of Disney saying uh, when some videos were leaked that you know they were going to inject as much uh, as many gay characters as they possibly could, and this isn't my words. This is what came from the videos that were leaked, but you know, they, they wanted to get as many gay characters involved in the movies as possible um, and put it in wherever they could. And uh, that's a popular selling point in our culture right now for a certain group of people. And that's just business. You know, uh, there are people who probably would pay, good money to watch something like that. Um, so as we become more bifurcated and separated, uh, you know, we don't really have shared experiences anymore as a culture in America. It's basically the Super Bowl, um, and that's kind of it. Um, everything else is just so completely separated. Um, this is just another sign of that, I think. Um you know, we always say that, you know, institutions are weak right now. And Disney as a company is an institution as well. I mean, they've been making children's entertainment for like, I don't know, 80 years, maybe, maybe more. I don't know. So it just seems uh, like an odd, uh, an odd moment for this brand and for a lot of these other brands that are facing some serious headwinds when they get involved in things that they probably don't need to be involved in. I'm also thinking about um, uh, Netflix this week because their stock tanked like 37% in one day. And um, two things happened. They lost subscribers and they 
they decided that they were going to remove the password sharing feature on the app. Well, first of all, Netflix pumps out uh, trash. That's, I mean, they really are a dumping ground for just turn it on and, and ignore it in the background kind of stuff. I mean, the, the nothing they, they don't have any critically acclaimed programming. So the fact that they had 200,000 people watching anything at all on that seems like a victory for them. Um, so they'll continue to see their decline in subscribers as well. And I see Disney kind of going in the same direction now. I, I think, I think Disney is taking a hit on this. And I think that I think that Ron DeSantis is probably going too far. So what I'm trying to say is I kind of blame everybody for this one because in the end, I don't think anybody's going to win. And really who hurts the most is probably the Florida taxpayer because either they'll, their taxes will go up or the residents in that County will see their taxes go up. Um, and while Ron DeSantis will come out in a press conference and say that he's considered all this, uh, you have to take his word for it because I don't think anybody thought of the implications of the, you know, of, of what they're doing there. So it's just an interesting fight to watch. Um, another interesting fight to watch is uh, Kevin McCarthy in Congress who... Apparently, uh, let's see, he, after January 6th happened, he basically said that he thought the president should step down or step aside or, you know, stay out of the public light, just disappear. Um, And then about, this is all leaked information, by the way, three weeks later, uh, he goes to Mar-a-Lago, and he kisses the ring. Kevin McCarthy is not a reputable politician. He's a liar. And so he, so this is the one instance where a bad person might actually do something good in private and then regret doing something good in private. Because by denouncing the former president the way he did after January 6th, uh, he, he then was like shamed into, I don't know, uh, bending the knee. What makes it interesting is that it was probably leaked from Liz Cheney, who is currently facing a lot of pressure in her own district, but who has been the, one of the only, um, people, Republicans in Congress willing to stand up and say that what happened on January 6th was actually wrong. And so I I think that, I think that this is uh, an interesting turning point for what could be the next speaker of the house, because the Republicans are all, they, they will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory if they can, but they, they all but have the house and probably the Senate in November this year. And so he's going to be the next speaker of the house. And it really makes you wonder if he's going to stick around for the long haul uh, and how he's going to survive this moment. 
And I, I just think uh, he's a man of low character, so I'm not surprised. But I did think that was uh, interesting because I think that a lot of people, especially in the conservative world, were embarrassed and surprised by what occurred on January 6th and then backpedaled in the weeks after. And um, I, I have had disagreements with people about how to define what occurred that day. I have my own thoughts and feelings on it. I, I found it to be a despicable day. I, I found myself sick to my stomach over the events of that day. Um, I thought it could have been a lot worse that day. There are people who are who feel the exact opposite from me. They think, hey, this was nothing major. This is nothing different than what happened last summer, the summer of 2020. Um, and they're they're just they they don't they they don't see a difference and I do. So um but anyway, a lot of a lot of people have had to recant. And it sounds like this was a very embarrassing moment for Kevin McCarthy. Should he continue to be in the leadership? And, you know, he, he isn't, he isn't the, the minority leader right now because he wants to be, um, they all vote on who they want the majority and minority leaders to be in Congress. So his own party chosen for that role. Um, I do also, I will talk about masks. Uh, Philadelphia reimposed their mask mandate, I think, four days ago. And then, like, yesterday, they got rid of it again. Total for unforced error on their part. Very embarrassing. Um, one of the Senate can, um, candidates there, last name Fetterman, I forget his first name. He's kind of the the big, bearded goofy looking guy who uh, is running for the uh, as the Democrat basically came out and said that he didn't agree with this, that the mask mandate was uh, it was a foolish decision on his, on their part. So they dropped it. Not a coincidence. The mask mandate is growing unpopular, um, but the CDC is not going to let it go. Because they have been given a power that they did not know they had, basically. The CDC had controlled the importing of turtles, I think. Uh, for They regulated it because of salmonella poisoning. And I think that was the only time they used those emergency powers. And then after COVID hit, well, like, they found out what they could get away with. And it was a lot. And now they really, really, really don't want to get rid of it. So... They're all saying, no, let's, let's not, let's not rush things. You know, let's just go a little long. And certain municipalities are continuing to mask, including, I believe, public transportation in Los Angeles County, which is um, an outlier because uh, people in Los Angeles just seem incredibly compliant uh, under any sort of draconian measure. Um, and also just, uh, I guess, New York and masking of children, but you know, for the most part, I think people have moved on and, and it's just, it's fascinating to see that the loudest and smallest minority of people in that coalition are demanding infinite masking and that the Biden administration seems willing to 
um, listen to them and, you know, they're, they're willing to fight against the judge that overturned that mandate. Uh, they were also willing to, uh, continue the eviction moratorium, which is very much unconstitutional. Uh, and that was all obviously overturned too by the Supreme court. Actually, the Supreme court told them, no, you can't do this. And then they went ahead and just said, eh, we'll just do it anyway. And then the Supreme court was like, we, we just told you, no, uh, that's how that, that went away. So, um, this administration seems to be taking all the wrong lessons and they're always reacting to everything. They're not actually proactive in how they engage with, um, their own policies and, we get a situation where the emergency authority is now extended, but, and we also have to mask on the airplanes. We've got to do that. But we also are going to end Title 42. And that was put in place to close the border because of COVID. Well, they're basically, they're basically saying, let's get rid of Title 42 now, open the border because COVID's over. So is it over or is it still going? You know what I mean? So <clears throat> that's a game being played. Uh, it's, it's hypocritical. And I think that I think we're really looking at a strange couple of years here because on the one hand, the president of the United States is looking to run for reelection and I think that will happen because the alternative is his vice president, and she is uniquely unsuited for anything going forward. I don't think she can be taken seriously on the border, immigration, uh, international affairs like Ukraine. I think she's not good on her feet. She doesn't make good decisions. She obviously doesn't read her briefings because she doesn't sound like she knows what she's talking about. And she has these weird speeches where she goes in front of people like soldiers in the space force. And she explains space to them. What I mean, it, 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 I might drop the, the audio clip in here, but humans that land on the moon or telescopes that peer into the furthest reaches of the universe. Space is exciting. It spurs our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions. Uh, it just, she's just a very odd person. Um, and our, our president is, is turning around after speeches and shaking invisible hands that aren't there. And it's all, it's all very unusual, but I think, I think a lot of it is already baked in. I think they know that they're going to get slammed in November. And I think they're just going to go ahead and do the incredibly stupid things like mask mandates and, and, and fighting that battle. Why would you fight that battle? It's not a battle you're going to win. CDC doesn't have power. It's an unelected bureaucracy. And it's not, it's not, it's, it, it's obviously under the purview of the, of the administration, but that doesn't mean it has 
rights. Uh, you know, the high. Our last episode, we talked about the highest paid federal employee in the United States, Anthony Fauci. Nobody elected him. He doesn't have any power. I mean, you could you could advocate for positions, and he's free to go on the news and say whatever the fuck he wants, but he doesn't, he doesn't have any power. Anyway, um, <clears throat> that was an interesting one. You know, I, I'm just going through and looking at these headlines, and there's just a lot of weird stuff going down. Iran is... You know, we're, we're trying to make a deal with the devil there. Um, the student loan debt cancellation would turn into a moral catastrophe, I think. Um, and that's on the table. I think that they, I think extending it is all but saying that signaling they're going to get rid of student loan debt. So that, that that's not good. Um, I don't, I don't want people to shoulder the burden of my own student loans that I agreed to pay. But that looks like an, an effort that could shake out in the coming months. Um, that's going to be a very heated debate. And I think that probably about does it. There's not really much else going on. So th- this was like a little experiment just to see if I could, you know, record a conversation with myself, uh, so-called manifesto style. And... Um, you know, at least get something recorded for this week so that we didn't have a have an empty week. And so, yeah, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed it. I I think it worked out. Have a good weekend. <laughs>